Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready? Okay. This is an appeal on behalf of Arsblog. Tragedy is a word thrown about too often. So often it almost loses its meaning. An X Factor single not getting to Christmas number one is not a tragedy. A country not qualifying for the World Cup because of a deliberate handball is not a tragedy. A famous golfer having sex with lots of women is not a tragedy. Yet recently we've all witnessed one. It continues to unfold before our very eyes. It has affected tens of thousands of lives and could potentially affect hundreds of thousands more in the months and possibly even years to come. It's all too easy for us to sit back and watch, to do nothing, while those lives continue to suffer through fear and uncertainty. But there is something you can do. You can help. Any donation, no matter how small, could mean so much. To help put an end to Manuel Almunia's goalkeeping, please send what you can to Arsene Wenger, care of Arsenal Football Club, London, England. Thank you. Hello there and welcome to another Arseblog Arsecast right here on arseblog.oleole.com. It is Arsecast number 147, which is a very nice number. If you're a snooker fan, you will know that is the perfect break. It is also Philippe Sanderos's IQ and, funnily enough, it is the exact number of fouls that Bolton committed over the last two games. Absolutely guarantee you that's true. You know I'd never make something up. Uh, before we get started, uh, a piece of advice unsolicited as it might be, and useless to the vast majority of you, I'm sure. But if you're ever thinking of doing a podcast, never eat pistachios before you go and try and record anything, because they they rid your mouth of all the moisture for a while, and you've got bits of pistachio floating about the place, and then after a while, all the moisture comes back. And you're kind of like, uh, was it spitting at Roy Hattersley on Spitting Image? And you're sort of... So I've got these pistachios here on my desk in front of me. Delicious little cunts that they are. And addictive too, because once you start on pistachios, you're sort of... I'll just have one. Oh, I better have another one. And it, it ruins you. 
So leaving aside anything about hardware or software, microphones, cables, recording levels, balance, reverb, where to position yourself, how to speak, editing, any of that, my number one piece of advice for anyone thinking of doing a podcast is to not eat pistachio nuts. And I think if you are going to do a podcast at some point, that would be a relatively easy thing to do. To not eat pistachios. Okay, I've got my script, check, not eat pistachios. Hey, this is easy. So if, if you are thinking of it, just, just bear that in mind. Um, on today's show, I suppose I should tell you what's going on, of course. Uh, we'll be having the blog chat as usual. Uh, someone we haven't spoken to before, it is Julian H. from Gingers for Limpar, a blog you may or may not know. I suggest you read it because it is uh, quite funny. Uh, and it's not as specialist as it sounds. I'll be giving you details of that blog in a little while. I'll be talking to Julian about all the uh, week's events. Uh, as well as that, Arshavin will be here, Sylvester's here, and uh, all the usual crack. Looking ahead to the games coming, team news, injury news. Oh, there's always so much injury news. Uh, so we'll have that uh, a little later on as well. Um, and all the usual bits and pieces in between. So uh, between the last Arscast and this Arscast, uh, we've got on top of the table, which is quite marvellous. And very enjoyable and kind of unexpected. Because hands up out there, who expected us to be top of the table uh, in mid-January, given where we were at the end of November, start of December? I don't see too many hands. And I know people are more optimistic than other people. That's only natural. It's part of human life. Some people's glasses are half full, others half empty. Others are half, half full. Others are half empty, half full. But I don't think too many people expected us to be top of the league. A 2-0 win, uh, thanks to some Catalan goals from Fran Marita and Cesc Fabregas uh, on Sunday against Bolton. And then, of course, uh, there was the, uh, the Wednesday night game, which was uh, fun, you have to say. Leaving aside the fact we were 2-0 down. Well, I, I won't leave it aside. I mean, it's annoying, isn't it? You know that we, that we gift teams these goals through uh, really silly defending. Uh, Diaby and Clichy not exactly covering themselves in glory. Uh, for the first goal and the second goal, uh, if you can tell me what Danielson was thinking or whether it was just, I think that's what it was. Total brain melt, gave away the penalty. Almunia nearly got it, but so Bolton are two 0 up, and they're uh, they're thinking this is great. Two 0 up, we're going in for half time. Cup of tea, brilliant. Oh, yeah, 2-0 at halftime, and then Rosicki scored that goal. Now, Owen Coyle afterwards said that he felt the uh, the foul on Mark Davis uh, was the turning point of the game. I disagree. I disagree. Like the standard Liege game, getting the goal just before halftime, number one, instilled belief in our team that we could go on and score more goals and win the game, and number two, put the shits right up them. It really did. Because they'll be aware that we've done this. They'll be aware that uh, one goal deficit is easily overturned, especially when we're at home, given how many goals that we score. Now, the controversy surrounding the uh, the second goal, it was a foul. I don't think it was a malicious foul by Gallas. The guy isn't too badly injured. Now, the referee should have seen it, and he should have given a free kick. But he didn't. We continue to play on and score the goal through Cesc Fabregas. So while you might be critical, or own coil might be critical of uh, of the foul, and rightly so, he should be more critical of the referee for not giving the foul. He can't criticise us for playing on, though. 
because a couple of moments after the game restarted, after all the fuss and bother and Bolton players protesting, one of their players got a kick in the head by uh, from Vermalen as they were falling over. It was totally accidental, but he was lying in the on the ground uh, the same way Davis was, and play went on, and Bolton didn't mind because they had the ball. So they're happy to leave one of their own guys on the ground in a heap when he might be seriously injured. How do they expect us to give a shit? It's a decent question, no? If they don't care, why should we? And especially as it is a Bolton player, why would we give a fish's tit? To be perfectly honest. I hope he's not badly injured, etc., etc., but, you know, I'm not stopping for one of those guys because they are foully annoying niggly cunts. The whole fucking lot of them. Owen Coyle seemed like a decent man when he was at Burnley. It's taken him a week as manager of Bolton to inherit the constrousness that comes with that football club. Because let's face it, they are a pack of cloggers who have learned their trade from Sam Allardyce and has been passed down uh, through the others. Megs and, you know, while not as offensively physical as uh, Allardyce was, Allardyce would send teams out with explicit instructions, I'm sure, to go and do certain players. We saw that in the past, definitely. So while Megson maybe wasn't quite as uh, cynical as that, he knew the type of players that he had, so he sent them out to be physical and, you know, put themselves about, etc., etc., etc. And, and the, the other thing, of course, is that had an Arsenal player been kicked like that or fouled like that and we'd complained about it, we'd be told to shut up that we're whinging. Arsene Vinger, he'd be called again. So they can go shove it up their cunts, essentially. I don't want to see the young guy injured or out too long, but nor do I have any great sympathy for him. And we do have a bit of previous with Bolton when you think about it. Remember uh, Diaby broke uh, Campo's foot, wasn't it? And Diaby, a couple of seasons ago, it was, was that in the 3-2 game when he got sent off as well for a pretty bad tackle on uh, one of their guys? I can't remember who it was. But I think that's only fair for some of the kickings we've uh, been on the receiving end of from Bolton down the years. So if they want to talk about fair play, let them talk about fair play because they're just making idiots and hypocrites of themselves. Matt Taylor gloating in front of the Arsenal fans when it was 2-0. Oops. That was a bit premature, wasn't it? Matt Taylor, who missed two great chances uh, at Bolton in the home game. And Matt Taylor, who knelt on Cesc Fabregas's neck, wouldn't let him up, made sure he gave him a little bit of a kick with his shin, then pulled his hair. This is not a girl's fucking playground. But you don't see that replayed over and over again. Gallus's foul looked bad. It was bad. It hurt the guy. But it wasn't deliberate. It wasn't intentional. You can't pull somebody's hair by mistake. And if you pull somebody's hair, then you're just a big fucking fanny, as far as I'm concerned. And the rest of your teammates are damned by association. And when you have Kevin Davis up front... All bets are off. So stick it up your holes, and I hope you get relegated. Uh, the final two goals, of course, came from... Uh, hmm, who got the third goal again? Uh, Vermalen. See how quickly I forget things. Vermalen got the third. Arshaman got the fourth. And uh, should really have given the ball to Theo Walcott uh, to make it 5-2, but, you know, went on his own. 
What are you going to do? At 4-2, you can't really complain. Theo might have had a word or two in his ear, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it didn't really matter. So, uh, top of the league, we won the go- uh, won the game by uh, two points, or two goals, rather. Uh, we go top on goals scored. Of course, Chelsea have a game in hand, but we'll we'll deal with that when we play them and beat them at Stamford Bridge, you see. So, uh, all credit to the lads uh, for um, dragging themselves back into this title race. I'd love to look at the stats. Is it... 22 points out of the last 24? No, it's 20... I don't know what it is. I should have looked at that. I Stupid thinking on the go. Anyway, it's quite good. Quite a lot of points out of the last 27, I think. Could be 20... Yeah, anyway. I should... No, I'm not going to bother looking it up. No, you look it up if you want. I'm not going to. So there. Anyway, we're top of the league, and that's all that really matters. With FA Cup action this weekend, we stay on top of the league, uh, I think, until uh, until, uh, midweek. I should look that up too. Probably Man United have got a league game, seeing as they're not in the FA Cup. Another podcasting bit of advice. uh, Do a little bit of preparation, rather than doing it all off the top of your head. It makes you sound a bit more clever. All right, then. And to discuss those Bolton games and uh, all the other bits and pieces that have been going on this week, I'm now joined uh, by Julian H. from Gingers for Limpar. Hello there. Hello. Good to be here. Um, we'll start with Bolton. Obviously, that's where um, all the action is at mm-hmm. the moment. Great win on Sunday up there. And then last yeah. night, um, a very good uh, a very good win in the circumstances, having been 2-0 down. Is that the kind of game, the kind of performance that makes you really think, hang on, they, these guys do have a chance of winning the title this season? Perhaps, yeah. I thought, I thought yesterday we relied on Fabregas a lot. I thought... Um, I don't think it took a, a big risk in bringing back players like Danielson, who, who over 90 minutes was, was pretty dire. Um, and also Creasy, of course, had an awful start, although I thought he, he made up for it after that. Um, and, and generally, I, I think that's why we look weak. Um, and, and without Fabregas, I think certainly it would have been difficult, if not impossible, to come back from being two goals down. Um, I mean, having said that, yeah, we do, we do have this tendency to be able to fight through these things at the moment. Even at 2-0 down, I was still quite optimistic. And, um, and you know, we're creating lots of chances. It's going to be five or six at the end. And we created lots of chances at Bolton as well. So, um, so yeah, to answer your question, I think, you know, the worry at the moment is the injuries. We bring back players from injury, and, of course, they're not, you know, they're not... Um, they're not on good form, and, and that's when we suffer. And then we have, when we have good players, players on good form like Diaby, then they get injured again. And I think this is the why. If we, you know, if we didn't have this, and yeah, I think as as Arsene always says, the uh, the mental strength um, of the side is is quite promising. Mm, uh, alongside the injuries, does the tendency to concede goals? Um, no matter who we're playing and, and how well we're playing, we have that tendency because you know you you look back to the Blackburn yeah, yeah. game, for example, and we beat them six two. I mean, we scored six goals, but still let in two. We played very very well sure. that day, but still let in two goals. Sure. Well, I think not having obviously not having Song is um, is an issue. I, I don't think Danielson can play defensive midfield at all. I'm, I'm even happy if we had someone like Cochrane or, or Craig Eastman in there when, when he's out. Um, or maybe even Diaby, who towards the end of the of the Bolton away game played in that role and did better. But um, but I, I think when Danielson's there, basically uh, opposition players get to run at our defence a lot more. I mean, it, it's an interesting one because people generally um, 
we'll agree that you know Vermeulen has been brilliant this season. Gareth has played very well, and, and Sol's played well, and yet we concede this huge amount of goals. I think people have to look at our fullbacks, um, both of whom uh, I think I think get away with a lot. Um, we often we often give teams so much space wide um, and so much time to cross the ball, and it seems to be very easy to get inside our fullbacks as well. And I think that's where you know. Uh, we keep being exposed, and yeah, it, it is a concern. I think even when, um, <clears throat> even when we were winning, you know, the leagues in 2002 and 2004, we were very attacking, but we did defend an awful lot better than we do these days. Mm. Well, without uh, wanting to dwell on the, the negative side of things, we really have to do give credit, given all the injuries, given the fact we concede all these goals. Um, we've come back from the end of November, uh, having lost against Chelsea, and now we're, we're sitting top of the league. And to turn things around that quickly has been quite amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, I, I think one of, one of the keys for us at the moment is just being able to keep hold of players. Um, and when we have, when we have, uh, so the Wenger system does work. When he gets to keep players for a long time and keep them together, they do blend into something which is, which is far above the sum of their parts. Um, the two issues you know, with this, and when, when obviously when you lose players due to injury, it's eroded, um, and then more importantly, when you lose players in the summer, and, and people always banging on about on, you know, signing more players, but you know, the problem is we keep losing players every summer. We lose big name players, and, um, and when, um, yeah, when you know when that doesn't happen, and we have some consistency in the side, you know, the results are there for everyone to see. I think uh, I think that's something they've tried to address. So, isn't it when you look at the amount of players that have been given new contracts in the last in the last sort of sure, nine months? Sure. You know, they've tried to address that. So, if a player wants to leave, it's not necessarily as easy for him to do so. And we, we're not going to have sure. situations like Flamini and, and Edu. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, the Flamini situation was. I, um, I don't think we we being the fans, um, yeah, you now know what happened. Maybe it was because Edith wasn't there. Our board was very light at the time. But yeah, the Flamini situation was completely unforgivable, and um, yeah, hopefully we're getting to the point where that doesn't happen. I was worried, but still partly am about Gallas. Um, but you know, we at least seem to be closing off these contracts with Itsky as well, as, as you say. So, right. so yeah, hopefully that side of things is improving. Um, yeah. And it also helps when you know the players are just a little bit more committed, and you don't have people like Adebayor floating around. And we do seem to be a much happier squad now, and a much um, I can't say more sort of loyal squad. Mm, okay, well, I'll touch some wood here while, while you say that. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about Cesc Fabregas. You, you mentioned that um, mm-hmm. he had a, a crucial role to play, obviously, in both the Bolton yeah, games, but um, he, he really does seem to be playing the, the football of his career this season. I think it's 14, mm. 15 goals for Arsenal already. Uh, there's some stat that he's in, been involved in, in 25 or 26 out of the 59 goals that we've scored this season. So um, keeping him fit and healthy. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The is going to be crucial. Yeah, absolutely. I was I, I at Bolton and... Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very strange part of the world, and and obviously you know, the best football is yeah, well, it's not even football. They they you know, they just fight, and it's, it's a dingy <laughs> little stadium. I mean, I came I came back thinking he he shouldn't. Have, yeah, it's almost he shouldn't have been on that pitch. It's almost like I almost feel guilty that we we put him through this. It's like it's like you know getting Shakespeare to write gossip columns at the Daily Star or something. It's just it's. Uh, he, what can you say? It's, it's just he's it's, it's exceptional. Um, when you're at the game, it's, you appreciate it even even more than when when you're just watching on TV. And um, yeah, I mean, one one advantage is he's very young, and um, <clears throat> he uh, he obviously knows that that Veng has played a huge role in his career. So um, so hopefully, yeah, a he can stay fit, and b he can um, he can stay with us for at least another five years. Let's say. All right. Well, I could live with that, I have to say. Um, Let's look ahead to the weekend. Obviously, the manager has got some decisions to make because um, Stoke in the FA Cup is going to be a difficult game. And Stoke itself, uh, the FA Cup represents a good chance of silverware. But having got to the top of the table, still in the Champions League, he might uh, be tempted to not prioritize the FA Cup, but, you know, put it to one side a little bit. He will want to rest players, particularly as the Aston Villa game is coming up in midweek. But given the injury situation... It's not like he has a huge amount of rotating that he can do. So, um, how do you expect him to to approach things this weekend? Well, I, ironically, I suppose sort of part of the part of the injury situation helps here because he'll want the players coming back um, to get first team football. So, I think we're all expecting Walcott to, uh, uh, to start the game, or at least to feature for a large part of it. And the same goes for Denilson as well. Um, and I can I can see about last night. I moaned about him playing to Nielsen and, and and to a certain extent Clichy, but I you know I can see why he did it. He, he assumed we were going to win the game, and we need we need both of them match fit when when the big games come along. Um, so I expect yeah, I expect both of um, both of those players um, to feature and, and Theo as well. And I mean I think we should again. I'm tempting fate, but. Yeah, we should be able to go to Stoke and, and get a result, even with a few you know, sprinkling of youngsters in the side. I think Eastman can play, um, and yeah, I think there's, there's still space there within the squad. Um, you're right; it is looking thin uh, in areas, but the games also aren't that compact at the moment. I think players, you know, should be able to go to Stoke and then come back and play in the league. It's not like. Um, it's not like we have a huge amount of congestion. Mm. Uh, you, you talked about youngsters coming in, um, but maybe we might have a couple of oldsters coming in. I suppose there's every mm. chance of a, a, a central defensive partnership of Saul Campbell and Mikhail Sylvester. Indeed, yeah. That doesn't <laughs> fill me with a huge amount of confidence. But um, 
But um, I, I thought Sylvester was starting to look a bit better a, a couple of months ago, and he, he played some games at left back. And um, ironically, perhaps given that he doesn't have the pace that he used to, I thought he, he looked better at left back than he had done at centre back. Certainly, when he played centre back last season. Um, so maybe he has settled in. And with, with Campbell, uh, my stance on him was we don't know. I mean, it's not our mind, so mm. I'm not going to guess at, at what he's going to be like. I haven't seen him play football for, for what, about 11 months. Um, maybe he's been keeping fit, maybe he's been keeping sharp in, in training and, and it'll work. Maybe it won't work. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's obviously we've got him for free and I don't think we'll be paying him too much um, but the, the risk uh, is, is going out of the cup so that's a little bit of a concern but we'll just have to trust the boss Alright and, and finally we'll just look ahead very briefly if we can to the to the Aston Villa game, it was only a couple of weeks ago yeah. when we played them as well, the, the, the fixtures seem to be coming quite quickly because we're going to play Liverpool again and we, we've uh, quite recently played them as well uh, Villa away I suppose will be a different proposition, they'll be buoyed by uh, sticking six past Blackburn Yeah it's, it's an odd one, I'm not I'm almost not sure to think about that Villa and I've watched a couple of Villa games recently in the league and they do they look like a side that can't score um Horn in the last league game was, was awful and, and Heskey obviously is awful every, every minute that he's on a pitch. But uh, so I, I don't I, I mean it's I still, I didn't see I didn't see the Villa Blackburn game last night because I was watching ours, but um yeah, perhaps that was just a one off it's you know, it's, it's a cut game, Blackburn are hopeless, etc. Um of course it will give them confidence. So yeah, it, it will be a harder game and we'll have to play it. Um, slightly different, but I yeah. again, if we can keep our players fit, we should be fine. When when we keep the ball, you know, Villa don't seem to have an answer to that. Um, and they really struggled, of course, you know, at our place last month. So, um, so that should be fine. I think one interesting point about the rest of this league season is, of course, we've got these big games coming up, but then after that, we've got a run of what what should be coined easy games. In fact, our last 12 games, you know, Tottenham is arguably the only difficult one. So the question is, you know, do, do you win the league by beating the top teams or do you win it by making sure that you, you sort of have a 10-game winning run um, against the Messi sides? Mm, that is going to be interesting, that, that run-in, of course. Well, look, we, we'll, uh, we'll check back in as the season goes. Um, Julian H. from sure. Gingers for Empire, thanks very much. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Thank you very much indeed to Julian H. from Gingers for Limpar. Uh, you can find that blog at gingersforlimpar.blogspot.com. That's gingersforlimpar.blogspot.com. I like it. Uh, I hope they write more often. Um, not that I'm trying to sway them in any way. Carry on doing what you're doing, but uh, more would be good. I, you know. But you're not there to please me. I, I understand that. So before uh, we get on with the rest of the show, uh, Sylvester. Hello, everyone. It's me again, Sylvester. Can you believe we are top of the table? They wrote us all off after we lost against Chelsea. Now who's writing who off? I'm going around the place with my hand cupped to my ear going, who are you? I can't hear what you're saying. I'm very much enjoying this even so I haven't really played very much. This is why I'm looking forward to the FA Cup this weekend against Stoke. And I will be in the center of the defense with Saul Campbell. You know, I've never played with Saul. Not outside the dressing room anyway. Oh, baby! 
now the transfer window is well and truly open but the only signing Arsenal have made as yet is Saul Campbell and we're all waiting and waiting and waiting for Arsene to spend some of that delicious money that he has we know he's got it we sold Toure and Adibayor we know he's got money but can he find the right player there's uh, rumours during the week about um, this guy uh, Canales from Racing Santander. I suppose I could just barge in and make a whole load of jokes about that, but I won't. He's only 18, though, so even if you do sign him, you know, he's not the experienced head to drive you over the line towards a title. There's uh, talk about uh, the guy from Wolfsburg, Zeko or Jeko, or I don't know how you pronounce it. I'm sure someone will tell me. What was interesting was um, uh, during the live blog on Wednesday night, which was quite good fun, I have to say, uh, someone posted a text that was sent into the BBC um, for their kind of live text coverage that they do of all the games. And it said, oh, I'm sitting four rows behind uh, Zeko or Jeko or whatever he's called. And someone reposted that there and people went, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah, bollocks. And then it was very interesting to see um, stories on prominent Arsenal websites as if there was some kind of inside information there when it's just some asshole or prankster, I should say. I don't know if the guy's an asshole or not, but certainly a prankster just making something up and sending it to the BBC and the BBC publishing it and all of a sudden it goes all over the place. And this Arsene Wenger was missing from training story. Why do people think he's got to be signing a player because he's missing from training? He could be doing anything. And if he wanted to sign a player, surely he could do it after training. Because have training in the morning, he's got the whole afternoon to go somewhere and sign a player. And even if we were going to sign a player, wouldn't we come to some kind of an agreement uh, whereby the player would come to us? The first meeting wouldn't be somewhere else. It'd be at our training ground. So there's no need for Arsene Wenger to take the morning off. He could do his training, wander in. The guy and his agent are there, having been shown around, having a nice cup of coffee, sitting there with their shoes off in the Arsenal training ground, and then that's how you make the signing. So, I don't buy into that. I am a little concerned that, you know, there hasn't been any spending, because despite the fact we're top of the league, and, and having done it without the players that we've done it without, you just feel that, you know, if you went out and spent a few quid on maybe one or two players, it could really, really help boost the squad and, and get us over the injuries or help us cope with all the injuries that we have because at the moment it, it's like a merry-go-round. After one game you get, well, we've got this guy back and those two are out and this one we don't know and, well, you know, players getting injured in training, players getting injured in their sleep doesn't matter what we do players are getting injured all the time so they're coming and going so you know maybe we just need those one or two players so there's nine or ten days left in the transfer window i'm going to keep my fingers crossed that that arsene does something uh, now before we go ahead and look at the weekend's games and the team news and all that um andre arshavin is here hello is andre arshavin with an update on uh, life mm-hmm. Uh, we played two games against uh, Bolton and uh, win two games. First time is in the uh, north of England. For me, is uh, very beautiful. Remind me of uh, Chernobyl. 
and second game we play uh, at home and in first half we don't play um, uh, so good uh, they scored two goals uh, but uh, then uh, Rosicki score goal and Sesk uh, score goal uh, later um, Vermalen score goal and eventually uh, I score goal for first time in many matches of course I'm uh, very happy and maybe I could score um, another goal uh, I am one versus one with the goalkeeper and uh, as I am about to shoot I am hearing terrible uh, noise in my head uh, is Oh, pass the ball to me, pass ball to me, I am Theo Walcott, pass ball, pass ball. How is anybody supposed to um, make goal with this terrible noise in head? So, um, after game, he said to me, um, why not pass ball, why not pass ball to me, it's easy goal. And I say, look, if you want ball, Ask properly. Ask like man. Arshavin not pass ball to men who sound like a woman. I think he'll cry a little. But uh, this is not my problem. Thank you very much indeed, Andre Arshavin. Now, coming up at the weekend, FA Cup action against Stoke City away at the Britannia Stadium on Sunday. I suppose it would have been better to have the game on Saturday because we'd have more time to recover them for the midweek game. But obviously, Arsene Wenger has to bear that in mind. We've got a league game away at Villa Park uh, on Wednesday. So whatever team he picks, I don't know. He's got to try and rest a few players. Diaby and Sanya are both out. Diaby's going to miss the Villa game too. He's got a calf problem. He'll go for a scan. Sanya has got a bad shoulder. If you notice, he hasn't been taking any of the throw-ins. Uh, because he's uh, he's hurt his shoulder, obviously. So um, they're going to give him a rest. Who plays at right back is beyond me. You're looking at somebody like Kyle Bartley or Coquelin coming in to play at right back. Uh, because uh, Correa Gilbert has gone to Peterborough, I think. Yes, I think it's Peterborough on loan for the rest of the season. So he was the obvious uh, replacement after Ibue, who, of course, is away on African Cup of Nations duty. Um. So, uh, in the center of defense, you would think Saul Campbell and Silvestre would do the business with Traore at left back. However, I just read somewhere, uh, not two minutes ago, that Campbell has uh, hurt his neck in training. So, they're unsure of whether or not he's going to be fit to play, which is uh, an auspicious start uh, to his uh, latest Arsenal uh, journey, isn't it? Um that would mean then playing either one of Gallus or Vermalen. Um And really, those two guys probably need a rest. Even just one game would do him good, uh, or both of them good, I think. Uh, bad news for Kieran Gibbs. Uh, the first operation that he had in his broken foot has not gone well, um, and he's going to need another one, which means he's out for the rest of the season. We won't see him again until next season, which is a real shame for us and a real shame for him. Uh, that little competition we had there at left-back was good. Traore's been unconvincing, and uh, 
Yeah, so it's it's a bit of a shame, but uh, fingers crossed it'll all work out. I think it was a similar kind of injury to what Clichy had a few years ago, so um, uh, hopefully he can come through it and we'll see uh, we'll see more of him next season. So how the manager switches it around, um, you have to think Walcott is going to play on Sunday, Carlos Vela is going to play, but then you're looking at no Ramsey, no Wilshire as far as I know, no Nasri. Marita, we don't know. So guys that could come in and and uh, and stake a claim and show what they can do are going to miss out through injury, which is uh, which is a big shame. So uh, quite how young he dares to go is another thing. Momentum is all important. Keeping the winning run going is important. And, of course, the FA Cup represents a good chance of silverware. We are top of the league. We're still in the Champions League. Uh, and obviously, uh, there's a, a lot of football to come in the next few weeks, particularly at uh, the top of the uh, top of the league table. It would be um, unwise, I think, to throw away the FA Cup. I don't think he's going to do that, but he really does have to uh, weigh up and balance the options ahead of the Villa game and, of course, the fact that we've got Manchester United next weekend. So there you go. So, uh, yeah, it should be fun. Cup football, of course, not quite as pressured, so we can kind of enjoy this weekend. I do hope we go through uh, because I do like the FA Cup. I guarantee it'll be Bolton. If we go through and Bolton go through, I guarantee you it'll be Bolton at their place at the Reebok Stadium. Uh, I might put some money on that. Someone will give it to me. Um, so uh, until next week's Arscast, we'll leave it there. Uh, have yourselves a very good weekend. Talk to you all next week on the blog. Until then, bye-bye. Are you a moderately successful football club, capable of the odd final, never going to win the league but going along okay? Well, how would you like to be broke? That's right, it's easy. Just call us and we'll come in, do a job, and within months of leaving, you'll find yourself insolvent, unable to pay your players, facing bankruptcy and a winding up order from the revenue, and on the brink of relegation. It's amazing. For more details and our brochure, call Redknapp Finance today on 1-800-200-300. Redknapp Finance is regulated by the Financial Twitchulator. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 